Monday morning, everybody. Man, I wish it was a happier Monday morning. I know we were all saddened to learn of the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant yesterday. And I don't know about you, but I grew up with basketball as my favorite sport as a kid. Michael Jordan was my hero when I was young. And it, it just sucked to, to just, on a, on a Sunday afternoon, just hear those reports and, and see all the, the, the tributes yesterday. And for those of you out there, you know, I think it's just another lesson for all of us how how short and how sudden our lives are and how we should hug and kiss our our loved ones on a daily basis and enjoy enjoy every minute and every hour we have above ground is a blessing because you never know when it will suddenly be taken from you. You know, I was also really disappointed when I saw that someone on Pinside actually uploaded the, the NBA pinball machine for sale with Kobe Bryant on the back glass. He changed the thread to that post to try and sell the machine and capitalize on the very day in which Kobe passed away. And his name is D0N or Don from Lithia Springs, Georgia. Should be completely ashamed of himself that he's trying to capitalize on Kobe's death right now. I mean, come on, moderators. You can let people slam Canada all you want. I have very thick skin. I know they enjoy leaving threads open in which people can pile on Canada. That's fine. It drives traffic to your site. But when someone does something like that, can we just ban someone like that from the site? Are we really going to miss a guy that's trying to capitalize on Kobe's death? Come on. Let's let's grow up a little bit. All right. So you might notice the title of this thread. And... I. I haven't, in over three years of doing a pinball podcast, it's very rare that people come at me with any sort of like legal threat or any sort of strident sort of uh, aggressiveness. And I think it has to do for a few reasons is if you know what I do and you know that this is a show in which two to 3,000 people tune in every week to hear you know, some entertainment from Canada's Pinball Podcast, to hear the latest rumors, news, and speculation. You know, there's, there's a good chunk of diehard pinball people that follow this show. And there's also a humongous, and I'm going to say this, a humongous part of the pinball world that is completely unaware of Canada's Pinball Podcast, and that's a good thing. Because let me break it down for you. Those people are probably the happiest pinball players because they're the people that don't even understand what code is. They don't know what playfield chipping is. Like a cratered playfield would never bother them. But you're not one of those people. You're a diehard fanatic. So I will say this though this show does have influence. We can affect a company's ability to be successful on some level. Remember, because for some of these smaller companies, they, you know, a thousand to two thousand in sales, that's important to them. And if two to three thousand people who buy a lot of pinball machines listen to the show, you can just do the math. Okay. So what happened? You're reading the title. Can it, is Canada getting sued by someone? And the answer is no, I am not getting sued. So let uh, but I was threatened with a possible lawsuit. Now this has happened before to me. This happened before to me by Andrew Highway. When I was covering all of the shenanigans happening at Highway Pinball, I would get 
threatening emails from Andrew. Now, what happened to me here, and I'm going to talk a little bit in a little bit of a paraphrased way because I don't want to read word for word uh, the communication here because uh, for a few reasons. I, I don't want to just completely, completely destroy anyone's reputation and I don't want to take stuff out of context because when you send someone an email, you're not always clear you know, exactly what the context or how they're phrasing things or what the tone and, and the meaning behind every single word or sentence is. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt or I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. I'll just say this. The reason why I was shocked to get this email or this message on my SoundCloud page is very simply, it's very simply this. This is a game that I've barely talked about. It's a game that I've barely covered. It's a game that I haven't really uh, said probably more than 30 seconds on. In, in, in all of my shows, if you were to ask yourself like, okay, so who's going to come after Kaneda and, and accuse him of defamation and slander and, and, and would it be Brian Eddy and Stern Pinball? Right? Wouldn't it be Dwight and the Munsters Coder team? You know, wouldn't it be? I'm trying to think who else. Like Beatles. Like you could. There's a laundry list. Jack with Willy Wonka and all the playfield issues I went after when they were having those issues. There's a laundry list of people that you could say might have a case that Canada said something on his show that harmed their ability to sell their games. Now, none of those people, and they know this. This is why I haven't heard from them. None of them have a legal ground to stand on because here's the thing. There's something called freedom of speech and Canada is allowed to give his opinions about their products. I'm allowed to give my opinions about how they code a game. I'm allowed to give my opinion on what I think of their design. It's protected by freedom of speech. They make a product. I can critique it. What I can't do is present as a fact, something about individual people. That's defamation, right? Someone recently, uh, I think, tweeted that Elon Musk was a pedophile and he sued them and he won because that's defamation of character. Now, I have not done any defamation of character. I don't talk about people in that way. I don't present as fact things that are false about a pinball personality, okay? Now, look. There have been times I've got rumors wrong of people leaving companies and I quickly retracted those rumors. And that's part of covering rumors and speculation. And you know my new stance. I'm no longer covering whether or not people are going to leave companies or they have left a company until I have factual confirmation of that. But even so, you know, media outlets can get rumors wrong and they run a retraction. Now, that's not, I, don't, I don't think it defames Joe Balser to say he's in or out of American Pinball, right? It's, that's not defaming him. He's still there. He's still employed. His employers just think Canada's an idiot for getting it wrong. And I was an idiot for getting that wrong. Okay, so what happened this week is I got hit up because I said some stuff about, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enunciate this game properly because that's, I think, part of what they're mad at me about is it's called the Punny Pinball Factory Game from Pinball Adventures, right? I think I said it some other way. It's punny, like puns, okay? I might have sarcastically put this game in a list of games that I don't think are great games yet, and I haven't played this game yet, but I don't need to play every single pinball machine to have an opinion about your game. I also don't need anyone's permission 
to give my impressions of a game when I see it. And for a show like mine that critiques games, primarily the first big thing we critique, we critique about a game is the theme of the game. Is this a theme that people will buy? Is this a theme that people want? So if you announce that you're coming out with the punny pinball factory pinball machine, I'm allowed under my protection of freedom of speech to give my opinions on how well I think that theme is or how good I think it is. I'm allowed to say how I think that will sell as a pinball machine in 2020. And then when you show your game, I'm allowed to critique it, okay? So I got an email from Andrew McBain over at Pinball Adventures and I'm not gonna go into it all because we've resolved it. But I'll say this, I'll say this. There was a lot of uh, you know questionable language coming my way with discussion of legal and getting dragged into court in Canada over things I've said about this game and how I didn't want that. And then I was like, look, man, like I'm just doing my show. Nothing I said about your game would be grounds for me to end up in, in court. Calmer heads prevailed. And then I got another note that was basically like they met as a team over there. And he said that nobody knew who I was, that everyone sort of just decided that it wasn't worth it because yours truly uh, is apparently unknown to the team over there. Now, I thought Dave Sanders was working on this game. And I've interviewed Dave Sanders and Dave Sanders knows me really well. So kind of kind of curious if the whole team there met up, how Dave Sanders didn't be like, wait a minute, I know who he is. He has the world's number one pinball podcast. Maybe we shouldn't do this, but they, you know, what 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 has been done is done. But I'm here to tell you. And Andrew also said he doesn't listen to the show. So he didn't even hear what I said about anything. He said a distributor was concerned about what Canada was saying about the game. A distributor was concerned. Okay, now if you're a distributor out there, and you are, you know, hit me up at canadapinball at gmail.com if you have concerns over things that I've said about games and your ability to now sell those games. And here's, here's Canada's response to every single distributor out there who might be pissed off that I've said stuff that might make it hard for you to sell your games. Here's my response. Universally, I don't care. I don't give a crap. I'm going to say what I want to say about every game that comes out. I will not shill for a manufacturer. I will not hold back. You know, also like in the note from him was something like, you would think you would get behind pinball and spreading pinball, whether or not the games were good or bad. Can you imagine that? Me, I should just advocate pinball. I should just celebrate all pinball ventures, whether they were good or bad. Is this the world we live in now? That everyone just wants a participation medal? for just doing something in an industry? Come on. What, what, what's, what's the world coming to? And then you, I love it. I love the, you know what I love is the, the whole like strangeness of, let's all, you should keep an open mind, Chris, and just celebrate pinball. And then, hey, but if you don't, we're gonna sue your ass. Like, which, which one is it? Like, are you good or bad? Are you nice or mean? Are, you know, and it's just so strange to me. Now, if I had a pinball company, it's just some general advice. If I had a pinball company and I were trying to break into the pinball market and I were trying to get the word out on my game and if I were trying to control the narrative on my game and I were trying to like get new customers excited about my game, you know what I would do? I would go find people like Canada 
and get free, free awareness for my product by going on his show and talking about the project. So I happily invite Andrew and anyone from Pinball Adventures to come on the show and explain to my listeners why they should buy this game. Now, look, I don't even think this game is targeted to diehard pinball fans. I don't. I don't. I think the theme is for, you know, it's for it's for kids. The books are for kids. So I think it's, I, I don't know who the target is. But I'll just say this. I really found it strange that someone would come at me like that. Then say they, they considered me to be someone no one on their team even knows about. But look, Andrew, I accept your, your sort of ceasefire but I won't hold back on my feelings on your game. If I play your game and I don't like it, I'm allowed to say that on my show. And vice versa, if I play it and I enjoy it, I'm allowed to give my opinions on my show, okay? And, and I don't have to play it to give my impressions and opinions about other aspects of the game. So that's how we do it. That's called freedom of speech. And it's not about being positive or negative. It's just about allowing people to share their opinions. Protecting that, to me, is more important than the kind of like aggressive Gestapo tactics. Like if you email me and you list my home address, which, which happened, I consider that a threat. Why are you listing my home address in a correspondence with me about pinball? Okay, so let's let it bury. Let's let it die. They said they're not going to talk to me anymore. They don't care what I say on the show anymore. And I'm, I'm going to do what I do. Wow, right? It's like, it's, in a weird way, I felt like, you know, I felt like Eminem uh, that when Machine Gun Kelly was coming at him. He's like, I got to wake up on Labor Day for this. It's like, I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to put the drama of all the unnecessary drama that happened around the Pinball Network launch, which I hope everyone has moved on from. I'll say real quickly, I think the Pinball Network and those group of guys, I think they're going to make phenomenal pinball content. It's going to be free. They're going to share their opinions with us on pinball. They're going to put a lot of production value into their content. They're going to, they're going to spread the positive vibes of pinball. And you're all going to be able to listen to it or choose not to listen to it. What is there to complain about? They're going to get a diverse group of people that are going to create content for that show. They are. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that they took a lot of arrows because of the lack of diversity in the video. I mean, come on. Come on, people. Everyone, again, in a world in which you can suddenly wake up and your childhood hero perishes or like a family member or a loved one or a pet suddenly passes away and the things people complain about on social media, on forums, the oversensitivity to every single topic, it's unbelievable. Everyone, take a chill pill and enjoy pinball, all right? But if a game sucks, you're going to hear about it here first on Canadian Pinball Podcast. Oh, man. Oh, man. Just let the network guys do their thing, people. All right. So what else is going on in the pinball world? So people are starting to get their replacement play fields from Jersey Jack Pinball. And I think, you know, Stern's been sending some out. There's, it's still not resolved. You go into that thread and there are still people that are like, I, I haven't heard any word back. And I'm not sure why some people are still being left out in the cold around this. But here's what's funny. People are getting them. And, and I, think, I think everyone who gets a replacement play field who's OCD and is tired of looking at their game with like chips and craters and, and artwork missing 
Here, here's the thing. People are saying two words, right? Can you guess what those two words are? They're holding up their play fields and they're saying, now what? Now what do you do? You've got a replacement play field. Good luck doing a play field swap. Good luck. That is a $2,000, 24 hour labor job that you are never going to do. If I had a dollar for every time someone did a play field swap in a pinball machine, I've, I'd have about $5 in which I've witnessed people do that on pin side. It's the most laborious thing you can do. And trying to get a game all the way back together again, forget it. There, there, there's like there's like 0.001% of the pinball tech world and restoration world, or just you know in general, the pinball community that is qualified to do a play field swap. Now, now some games are easier than others, but imagine trying to do a play field swap on Pirates of the Caribbean by Jersey Jack Pinball. I mean, just imagine that. Imagine trying to take that entire game apart, you know, reset everything, take all the wires off, having, you know how many photos you would have to take to remember how everything went? Like this wire snakes this way, this one goes that way, this connector goes to that connect. It, it, it would be a nightmare. It would be, you know, it would be the most confusing journey, even more confusing than the code of the game itself. Although, Canadian, you're not allowed to keep making fun of the, yeah, I am allowed to say what I want. It's my show. If you want to say something about pinball, it's a free airwave. You can go say whatever you want to say. All right. So those are going out. But look, at least they're going out. So I do want to congratulate the companies on giving people something. We're going to know real soon. Here's what I'm excited about. When Deep Root shows us their play fields, and if Deep Root comes out and shows people that they've made play fields that don't crater, that don't dimple, and don't crack. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Every manufacturer over the last few years that's been sending play fields that have, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, terrible wear and tear, they're all kind of screwed, aren't they? Because isn't everyone going to be like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We've been spending all this money on all of your products and why, were, why was Deeproot able to put this innovation or create playfields using this method? Why, are, why have they figured it out and you haven't Stern and you haven't Jersey Jack and you haven't Chicago Gaming Company and you haven't Spooky? You know, whatever it is. Like if they can take a hammer, a small hammer apparently, not a sledgehammer. If they can take a hammer and show us that this, these games are indestructible... And if you buy a Deep Root game, it's going to look as good as it does on day one, a year later, or a thousand plays later. I think the other companies are, man, it's going to create another issue for them. Because all of these games, and if you've seen a Stranger Things, people, if you've walked up to Stern's latest offering, the amount of dimpling and cratering is just horrendous. It's horrible. How do you keep buying modern games if the play field methods of clear coding are completely inadequate once Deep Root shows what they've been able to do. Now, I think Deep Root really needs a differentiator. And trust me, trust me, this is a big differentiator if they get it right. And it's a big if. But here's what's crazy. It's almost February. So we are, we are less than two months away. I think it's two months to this date. It's like the 25th. We are so close to knowing in 60 days what they have in store. 
So many questions will be answered. When are games shipping? What's this playfield technology you've been talking about? What's the deep root difference? What are the cabinets going to look like? Possibly, what are some other themes? Because we've already seen Raza for 18,000 years. What else are you cooking in the kitchen? All those designers, all those animators, all those artists, you know, what are they doing? What are they working on? Where are they going to show us? The promise that they would ship more games in one year than, than every pinball manufacturer combined. That didn't happen in 2019. It's sure as hell not going to happen in 2020. So what's actually happening over there? I can't wait to find out. But it will spell trouble for the old companies if, you know, if they've, if they've been making inferior games for all these years. I think we're going to see the resale value on those games continue to go down and down and down. And we're in a soft market right now for resale of pinball machines. Okay, so speaking of the market for pinball machines, I got another ridiculous email. I want to read this one because this one to me, I, I don't get. I don't get. And I want to read you what he wrote me. So it comes from, I'm not even sure if this is his name. It's Denise or Dennis, D-E-N-I-S-E. And then the last name is Desotel, D-E-S-A-U-T-E-L. All right, so he says this to me. I get this at Sunday at 8.30 in the morning. So I'm happy he woke up Sunday morning and had to clarify something on his mind. The subject head was Rick and Morty butter. All right, and here's the email to me. Here's what he says. Hey, just a small note. Saying Spooky is making a 9K machine is disingenuous. They are making an 8K machine maxed out with an option for a 1K butter upgrade. What other manufacturer includes a butter coat in their LE or premium models? It's not an apples to apples comparison if you don't include this caveat. The butter upgrade is a waste of money, scratches easily, and won't recoup on resale. So what I don't get is this. I've always said in all my covering of Rick and Morty pinball and all the options, I've always said that the butter cabinet is not a gameplay feature or not uh, adding to any of the game itself other than it's a cosmetic enhancement. But there's no way around this. There's no way around this. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that I got uh, from one of my listeners, Charles, great guy, Charles. He said, Chris, for me to get Rick and Morty to my house in, I think he's in New York, with butter cabinet, with tax, right? There's tax on these games. A spooky pinball machine is going to cost him a tick over $10,000. Okay? So, how is it disingenuous of me to say that, you know, a spooky pinball machine can be $9,000? I mean, that's how much it costs if you check all the boxes that spooky pinball has put in front of their buyers. So, it's not disingenuous. And, and as I said to him, like, that's like saying it's disingenuous to say that Elvira is $15,000 because you don't have to get the signature edition. You can just go get the regular premium edition. No. If a company sells you a product and you order it with every option, it then becomes that much. I mean, to, to use a cargument, if you option out the new GT500 Ford Mustang, with every option, it's $104,000. And that has a lot of people complaining that I can't believe a Mustang cost over $100,000. And I think very similarly, 
people are saying, I can't believe a spooky pinball machine can cost you nine or $10,000 in total cost to the buyer. But that is the reality. It's not being disingenuous, okay? There was another, and I know I'm trying to get Scott on the show. There was another great interview with Scott Denisi on Bro, Do You Even Talk Pinball? And Scott talks more about the elements of the game. He talks about the different dimensions and how that will affect gameplay. The more he talks about the game, and I'm sorry if it's kind of loud, guys. I'm in my kitchen because they're banging on the building in my bedroom. Um, the more he talks about the game, the more people get excited about it. I'm excited about it. We have to see this game this week. I mean, I think it's going to happen this week. And then someone is going to stream the game right away. Here's, what's, here's what I think Spooky should do. I'm always torn with this because I, I always hate it when the first introduction to a game is like a crappy stream of it. But I also don't want to, I don't want a manufacturer to share with me and reveal all the secrets of the game. I am not watching, I, this, is, this, is my own, this is my own decision. I am not going to watch streams of, of Rick and Morty Pinball. I am not going to watch much more moving forward. I need to watch a little bit of the gameplay because I want to talk to Scott about that when he comes on. But I, for some reason, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to hear all of Rick's jokes. I don't want them to go on the pin side. And I already saw this. They're like saying what some of the lines are. Like, why would you want to hear that stuff? Like, before you get a chance to enjoy the game, you've already committed to it. You're already buying the game. The game's coming to you. And it's a game in which there's going to be a lot of irreverent humor that you're going to want to hear for the first time in your home. If you've heard the joke 1,500 times already on a million streams, by the time the game gets to you, what's left? And you know how these streams are. It's only going to take like Bowen getting on the machine once, and he's going to get through the entire game. And then you're going to be like, uh, I've seen it all. Why would you want to see it all? Isn't the whole point, isn't the whole point of having some of these pinball machines in your house is that so you work at achieving the goals and getting through all of Morty's adventures and you want to like, you want to like get to stuff on your own and, and experience it on your own. I know it's hard for us, but man, to me, streams are like watching bits and pieces of a movie, uh, you know, in random order before I go to see the movie and I, I just don't want to do it and it's going to be my only game. And so I'm going to uncover what, what these guys have put into it in my house and I'm not gonna spoil it for myself. I know that makes it hard for me to give my feelings about it because I don't I don't wanna watch all of the different modes and all the different adventures and, and see what is in that game in full detail before it arrives in my home. But I'll tell you this, I'm getting a game within the first, I should get it within the first two months once they start shipping if their 10 a week thing holds true. So you can start to do the math there. So I'm going to get one of the earliest games, So which is good because I'll be able to have it here and give you my opinions about the game pretty, pretty near the launch of the game itself. And I fully expect a game to come out this week, all right? All right, what else is going on in the pinball world? Am I missing anything? A lot of people, a lot of, a lot of drama, a lot of stuff happening. Um, let's see, do, 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 I'm looking, I mean, I'm looking at pins side, there's a, there's, people are talking about flu masks, people are talking about Big Lebowski, where, where's the Big Lebowski updates from, from Barry himself, like, where are they, 
I don't understand this. You know, people, I don't know whose side to take on this because I'm friends with Cointaker. And, you know, we all got the correspondence from Barry about what they were doing. But where are the updates? Where is a video tour of the production facilities? Like, what's going on with this game? I don't know, what, I don't know what's going on. I, I know people's confidence in it has to be declining as time goes on. And there is no way. Think about it like this. Spooky Pinball, with all of what they've done over the years... Spooky Pinball is going to make 500 games in one year. Barry, as a one-man operation, with no real money left, with no manufacturing set up, with no team around him, with barely any support, with what must be a mountain of, of debt and other issues plaguing the company, there, he has to have like a lot of issues, right? Or maybe he's out of debt. Maybe maybe he resolved all that, but that's okay. So, But he's got no pinball company. So Barry, when he put out the message that he was going to make 500 uh, Big Lebowskis in like a year, people believed him. So how is he going to accomplish what it takes Spooky a year to do when Spooky is a well-oiled machine with an incredible team, a dedicated workforce, and has years and years of experience doing it themselves in the fashion they know how to do it how is barry going to figure all that out and then immediately it starts to feel like he's not and then once again everyone just took him at his face value i think a guy like barry needs to be over communicating at this point to keep people confident and on board and again here here we go once again this has always been Dutch's M.O. It's just periods, long periods of silence. He comes out every few months with, 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 a, with a statement that inspires new hope. And people, they eat it up, hook, line, and sinker each time. And I'm just wondering when people are going to be done with it. I mean, aren't we at that point? And I really hope every early achiever gets their game. But it's not looking good. I just don't think it's looking good. And I just want to see a video and some images of production happening over there at Dutch Pinball. All right, so here's the deal. I got to get to work, everyone. I know there's a void. Monday morning, you're expecting a lot of pinball podcasts. Some of them are here, some of them are not. It's okay. There's going to be more than enough pinball podcasts and content to satiate your enthusiasm for pinball. Do me a favor. This is the final week, the final week of Twippy voting. It ends, I believe, Friday or Saturday, the end of January. Please, if you haven't voted for Canada's Pinball Podcast yet, please do. Remember, your wife can vote, your kids can vote, your plumber can vote, your electrician can vote. Anyone you want can vote for Canada's Pinball Podcast. Uh, and I know they'll take your word when you tell them, hey man, Canada's Pinball Podcast is a great entertaining source for pinball content. And everyone else out there, who continues to try to drag Canada's name through the mud. Everyone, it's 2020. It's a new year. Let's put things in the past. Let's enjoy pinball. Let's talk about the games. All right? Too much about the people who are not even making games. It's like we're discussing people making the content. So, again, I thank each and every one of you. If you would like, people have brought this up recently, if you would like to donate to Canada's Pinball Podcast, uh, you can go to Patreon and donate there. You can also, if you just want to make a one-time donation, 
You can make a PayPal donation to Canada's Pinball Podcast, but email me at canadapinball at gmail.com and I'll tell you the email address you can PayPal the donation to because it's my personal Gmail account. It's not canadapinball at gmail. Um, and so I'm going, I, I keep saying I need to do this. I need to make Canada Pinball Podcast pinball swag so you guys can wear and buy t-shirts and enjoy spreading the gospel of Canada's Pinball Podcast, Love for Pinball. Everyone, have a great day again. Let's just all be thankful we're here and we get to wake up every day and enjoy uh, the awesome things that are in this world and get to discuss pinball with nerds and geeks like us that love the most inane toy on the planet that should have been obsolete 30 years ago. But Daddy East Stern, the worst pinball company from the 90s, survived and kept it going into 2020. Oh my God, did I just say that? Have a good day, everybody. (laughs) 